0: Welcome to the Rhythm Dribble Basketball Development Podcast. The development podcast that walks you through the long journey of turning your love for basketball into next level success. Helping you to enhance your skills physically, mentally, and emotionally to become the best player you can be. Helping families make decisions along this long, arduous journey. Hearing valuable stories about family successes and failures during this exciting but uncertain time. Hi, we're your hosts, Daryl Adams and Rick Spence. In today's episode, Spence and I talk about whether or not female basketball players should be trained and developed differently than male basketball players during those formative years. To that end, we have high school basketball player Jayla Odin and her dad, Steve Odin, who has called into the line today to kind of help us hash through this debate. Be sure to subscribe to the Rhythm Dribble Basketball Development Podcast. I want to remind you to check out Rhythm Dribble on social media. Like us, follow us, and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send me your questions at CoachD at RhythmDribble.com, and I'll get to them later in this show or on future broadcasts. Today, you guys, we have a really special podcast. We have one of the veterans from Rhythm Dribble historically. Um, kind of what makes her extra special is that she's a young lady who started out at Rhythm Dribble when Rhythm Dribble was uh, in Jessup, in the- The warehouse. In the warehouse. But, yes. but I don't think, and Jay will do a great job today kind of taking us there. So I have some introducing to do, and then I want Jay to make sure we spend some time, Spence Don't Let Us Forget, we have to describe what the warehouse was. This is a great opportunity for one of the one of the veterans to kind of speak about about her experience and what she saw there. Okay. All right, But before we get started, we have here Jayla Odin um, from McDonough High School. She received a full scholarship to University of Illinois a few weeks back and she accepted it. Uh, she was a highly recruited, rising senior now. Um, she's a lifer, right? I knew her since she was probably seven years old. She jumped into what we call the rhythm dribble process. Uh, her, her dad, her mom, they were patient, um, and they worked through the process. And eventually we got to the rewards and then no, it wasn't easy. And I think by the end of this podcast, you'll get a sense of that. Before I introduce Jayla and let you guys hear from her today's topic is really about girls in training. Um, I feel like the debate is and can be simply stated as, should they be treated differently as we approach their development in their career? Should they have a special path to success? And that special path be very different from the boy counterpart? My position on it is very clear. You'll hear Coach Spence's and Jayla's, and hopefully by the end of this podcast, we will have some recommendations for you parents that have a lovely little girl at home who is about to embark upon this journey called basketball. So again, we have Jayla Odin. Her dad, Steve Odin, is also on the line. And Spence and I, let's get started um, and see if we can unravel this should boys and girls be treated differently in training and development. Let's do it. All right. Jayla, you'll go first. To start out, I want to talk about how it feels, first of all, to have received your or has accepted your college scholarship offer. Let's start there and kind of dive in. Tell us how that feels for a young lady who has been through the basketball journey and finally get an opportunity to, to provide some closure or some predictability about her next step.
1: Um, I had several options, um, whether it was between University of Illinois and all the other D1 uh, offers, so it was a hard, hard decision, but it was mainly me looking for an academic, uh, a, a school that was academically high, and uh, giving me an opportunity to play at a higher level in cities that were going to push me to be the best me. Um, I also wanted coaches that were gonna help me understand the value of education and prioritizing my uh, time between uh, school and college. Uh, but during COVID, uh, it, it, it did get a little stressful uh, deciding where I wanted to go because everybody was committing all at once. But one thing I would tell uh, the younger girls is uh, take your time and really think about where you wanna next four years
2: of your uh, academic and athletic uh, uh, life in college. So, so let me ask you, when did that process start in terms of receiving the offers and starting to fill those? Uh, when did that process start for you? At what age? What grade?
1: My process started, uh, I got my first award offer in the 8th grade. Um, it was very exciting. Uh, but it was also a little bit stressful and uh, a lot of pressure on me because I was the only girl on my uh, AAU team that had an offer. So there was a lot of pressure, and I just had to prove why. I just show why I deserved that offer to everybody on my team and everybody that I played against.
2: Got you. So, so then let's go back a number of years as I kind of also remember you um, during the earlier years um during the warehouse era because my twins were starting maybe a little bit after you maybe the same time but can you describe what that process was like for you if you could tap back into several years like ago like when you started training with with uh, coach derrick rhythm dribble uh, how was that for you
1: outside with my dad, just shooting at the outdoor basket, so going to an actual like training facility with Coach Daryl, Coach Jam, Coach Tom, and everybody else, it, it was really different. Um, the first memory that really popped into my head is dribbling to different beats for almost a half an hour. Um, I was never really around a lot of girls during training, predominantly boys. Um, we just worked on the basic skills of basketball, just physical work, going to the basket, teaching us how to do euro spin moves, uh, and just playing one-on-one. Uh, when I was younger, I used to dread playing one-on-one against the boys because I didn't know how to play against them at the time. It, the physicality and uh, the speed was completely different from playing against girls, so uh, everything was really new to me. They were much stronger. Bigger, and way taller than me, and also um, I, I I'm gonna explore myself a little bit, but 99% of the time I went home crying because I had lost to them, or got beat, or or got hit a little hard during a,
2: like a one-on-one uh game. Yeah, so I wasn't gonna say anything, but that's one of the memories that I remember as well. I, I remember you being um towards the the rear of the warehouse where kind of everyone begins, and I do remember you crying. Um, but of course you weren't the only one. Um, so I'm gonna help you out here because there's ton of the boys also cried back there. Like I think that's just a, a normal process just because the training is so' is so rigid and it's kind of shocking because um, you're just not used to that type of intensity. And then as you mentioned, um, being at that at that age, typically when they start back there, to have to dribble with your left hand for, Five, 10 straight minutes at a time, your back is hurting, you're not used to it. You're thinking someone's going to save you, but no one comes, and you just you got to dribble more. Um, so, so you're not alone in that aspect. So let me ask you, do you think that playing against or or, or training with the boys, going one-on-one against them, was that beneficial? Did, do you think that that provided a better edge for you as you continue throughout your process um, with the sport? Yes,
1: definitely. Playing against boys definitely helped me. Um, just learning the physicality and how to move my body, uh, guiding my shoulder into uh, someone's chest, going up for a layup, uh, um, jump stops, aggressively, this aggressiveness and physicality definitely helped me. It made playing against girls much easier.
2: I got you. And so, so Steve, um, if if I can s- slow it down a bit and kind of. Um, when you first brought Jayla into the warehouse, what were you expecting? Like, is, is it what you expected? Like, what 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 got you in the door?
3: Um, when we first started here, we uh, was coming from karate, believe it or not, and I had met a gentleman at the, at the dojo at the time, and I was telling him that my daughter wanted to play basketball, and you know, I was looking for someone that you know was serious about the game and could help her, you know, develop her game. And at the time, he had uh, given me um, Daryl's number. And for about two weeks, I was calling Daryl, calling that he never answered the phone. So we finally got in contact, and he said, "Come out and you know, let's talk and and bring you know your daughter so I can see." And he made it very clear, you know, you got to be committed. I said, I said, I'm not the one to com. I, I said, I'm committed. The thing is, is she committed? And, you know, from the first practice that we was in there, and I, I kind of, you know, talked to him afterwards, he said, I see something special in this kid. And, you know, from that point, you know, I just kind of
0: you know, believed in whatever he told me, and, you know, she loved him. Hey, Steve, um, I'm, I'm here. I haven't gone anywhere. Um, I remember, too. I remember the, the, the day one. I, I really do. Um, and, and the days, to me, all run together, man. I talk about this process. I talk about this fight. I talk about this daily um, approach to basketball that I wish, Steve, I promise you, I wish that people could hear your story, jump on board and do many of the things that you've done with your daughter over time, but it's not gonna happen. I'm, I'm, I'm resolved with this idea that this is gonna touch a few families, man, and and many of the families that it touches, it's gonna be temporary, as, as we've experienced. You and I have had many conversations over the years where parents sometimes know the answers, but it's frustrating because they may not have the endurance, may not have the stamina to be able to get through this discipline-oriented process. You, you know what I mean? Um, I want to talk about, and I didn't want to forget this, and, and, and I really want to double back and catch catch up on some things. But the first thing was you get in there, um, I want to describe you guys to describe the environment in there. Let's start with Jane and Steve, as soon as she's done, you jump in. What did you see, Jane? What did you see when you walked in there?
1: of walk into the room, room dribbling is so that you have to have the right mindset all the time uh you can't come in there on nonchalant playing around because you as a coach and trainer you're not going to have that you're going to be on us 24 7
0: no matter what right uh, and you kind of picked that up early right you picked that up early because i thought spence and dad talked about you crying but i remember the tears but i don't know that i don't know jay that i ever fell for the tears you agree like there's very few times that I said that the tears mattered to me, and I think that, and I think over time you started to recognize that the tears, man. There, if we can get past this, that's a very powerful, powerful thing. I would I would put my arm around you, but it wouldn't be because of the tears. It would be because of some of the successes that you had in there. T- tell us about Steve. Tell us about the uh, what you saw. What did you see in Rhythm Dribble back then? When uh,
3: we first went back you know, started there, and I walked in, I was like, you know, this is a little place, man, how, how are you going to do anything in here? And, you know, we, the, the beats and everything, then I'm watching, you know, other kids that have been there for a while, and, you know, just, just seeing how they were just moving around, and, and you know, with the ball, and, and, and things just falling in the right place. And during that time, you know, I would sit over there and talk to some of the parents and, and kind of ask how long they've been coming and, you know, and so on. And, you know, it was all positive information that they were giving me and, you know, they were just being, you know, giving testimonies of how, you know, rhythm driven had really helped their kid, you know, gain. Uh, and when they played, you know, you could tell the difference between Kid
2: that went so let me jump in here. Let me set the scene from what I recall as I walked in, and you guys tell me if you felt similar as you walked up those steps. So yes, the the warehouse, since it was pr- um, properly named, it was a it was a skinny building. If it was a summertime, then it was 110 degrees in there. If it was the winter time, then it felt like it was 50 degrees in there, um, even though you may have heaters. They had, you had drywall, but really you didn't. Um, any drywall, you could probably see the insulation sticking out from it because of the because of the physicality, you would constantly run into the walls and you're breaking them, you would have balls. I remember one time, they actually re-drywall the entire facility and within two days, more holes, everything was back to normal. Um and it was it was real daunting in the front. You had a bunch of parents that as soon as you walked in, you walked into a sea of parents. Um directly after that you had some older kids who were moving a little more fluidly. And then directly after that you had the younger you had you had the younger children. Then directly behind that you had you had weights um and then the restroom. But everything just felt cluttered. It felt like it was smothering you, consuming you, and just a little intimidating, even for me, walking in and, and knowing Coach for years, just to walk into that environment. Um, that's kind of what I felt, and it was just a little overwhelming for, and if I'm being honest, I withheld my sons from coming there for a bit, just because it was it was a little overwhelming with all the, it was so small, every yell, every every instruction felt like it was magnified by by thirty times, and so that's just kind of my feeling as I as I step into the warehouse. Did, does that ring any bells for you all? Oh
3: yeah, definitely. And um, actually, you know, when when you used to when you walk up the steps, and you know, you have this great big fan that's standing there, it's blowing. That blowing like hot air, you know. And then you, you you start sweating before you even get in there. Sometimes you go outside, and it's it's, it's Super hot outside, but it felt much better outside than it was in the gym. You
0: sit in there, you be sweating and wiping your forehead and, you know, but the thing was just watching the experience of the kids, you know, you didn't mind that. I used to call it the old Philadelphia boxing gym. There's a bunch of young children in there all diligently working, right? It was was the environment I wanted. I got to be honest with you, uh, dating back. And then... Now that we're having this conversation, you look back and you see all the success uh, that of many of those same kids, because let's face it, this is their time, you know. Jay and Brendan's uh, crew, their uh, MBA and college, and you know, all of their friends that were associated with them went through that part. And you kind of see this pipeline of kids that are on their way as well. So you look back in hindsight and you see that it all worked. So, so, so I'm satisfied. With these stories, at the time, I just thought that we had to create an edge, and I thought that the warehouse, the way it was built and designed, created that edge, and I think that's what we kind of would agree on. Jay, real quick, um, we talked about college, and I don't want to—I uh, don't want this to be missed. Tell me what the college coaches uh, that you chose. Tell me what they're looking for from you.
1: Coach um, Merrick and Coach Scott, they've all told me that they want a fearless, aggressive uh, competitor. Um, they want someone that's confident and someone that's going to bring something to the team. They need a point guard that's going to run the floor since the point guard is basically like the quarterback, like basically a quarterback, so uh, quarterbacks run uh, the game. So point guards need to run the game and that's basically what they told me um they they love my game so they want me to play me and they want skill for yeah. sure and that's what uh we've been working on uh training lately so a lot of college based uh, skill work so i think i'll be ready when i get down there and show them what i have
0: how much of the game in your in your experience level how much of the game for all the young ladies who who will listen to this how much of the game is mental?
1: <clears throat> All of it, honestly. The whole thing, a hundred percent, like the whole game. Uh, you just have to have a great mentality. You, yeah. you just want to win the whole game. If you come in nonchalant, um, thinking you're gonna win, that's not what. That's not what's gonna happen because you don't have the right mindset.
0: Yeah. You have, are you, you right- are you old enough now to kind of? Uh, draw lines back to some of the early lessons in, in basketball um, where all the coaches I'm sure you've had, all, all of the training sessions, are you able to kind of draw a line and say, well, now I understand why coach yelled at me here or coach demanded this from me here. Are you able to kind of look back and remember all of those lessons and see how they how they are to play in your next level of ball? Yes, for
1: sure. I can just see it from just going to, like, AAU practices. Um, everything that I learned at, uh, at the warehouse and at the uh, law gym, you yelling at me and telling me to correct just the slightest thing is definitely has definitely shown in my game now. Um, it, it, just, it just looks smoother. Like, I, I feel like I'm ten times better than the girl next to me. That's how I feel now, because you critiqued me so hard and yelled at me and told me to correct this sl- sl- the slightest thing. So it's just, it, it definitely has, like, showed something that is it, completely different in my game than the other girls.
2: So, so then let me ask you this. um, mm-hmm. y- You spoke about the critiquing and, and him getting on you for every – do you believe that you being a – a girl in the gym that you were treated any differently than the boys who were training?
1: No. <laughs> no. No, N- not at all. <laughs> he basically talks to you the same way he talks to the boys. He doesn't, he doesn't care who you are. He On he, His job is to make you better, a better player. So if he has to yell at you, if he has to show you what you need to do better on, he's gonna do it, cause they're gonna do it. Um, there's no, uh, you're a girl, so I'm going to treat you like this. You're
0: a boy, so I'm going to treat you like this. Everybody's equal at uh, the gym, so. So let me ask this. That kind of segues us into today's conversation, Jay. Um, would you like to have been treated differently? Let's 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 broach that topic. Now that you know what you know, you look back, you're a little bit older, would you have liked to be treated differently? And is this result different if you were?
1: No, I would not. what I? I do not think I would have wanted, wanted to be treated differently growing up. Because you made me the player that I am today, and I've been very successful. since, So, why would I want to change? Something that has made me successful. If I could go back ten years from now, well, uh, I'm seven, and I'm at your. Uh, I'm at the warehouse training. Um, learning had to come off a screen or something Let me how to put the ball between my legs and you're yelling at me because I did it wrong I, I wouldn't want you to not yell at me
2: because at that point it's just like it's basically saying I'm doing it correctly but I'm doing it wrong so so let me ask you if you can think back to it at the time did you think well hey I'm a girl in here with all these boys he should he should maybe take it easy on me did that did ever cross your mind? <laughs> I was young. I wasn't used to getting
1: yelled at or, like, critiqued so much. It would frustrate me a lot. Um, it would break me down mentally because I was getting talked to so much because I wasn't doing something correctly or doing something too slow. It definitely uh, got to me because I was around a bunch of boys that, some of them weren't getting yelled at because they already knew what they were doing. So that, that would, that's what was running through my mind. They already knew they were doing it. I was a, a bit newer. because so they weren't getting yelled at. I was thinking, oh, why am I getting
0: yelled at? I'm a girl. So. Is there? Let me ask this, Jay. Let me interrupt. Is there a time where Coach Daryl does not yell?
1: No. <laughs> you don't yell all the time. You yell when you find a player not doing what is correct. If you have to keep repeating yourself even after you showed them, you're going to start yelling because at that point you think that they're not listening or paying attention. That's when you yell. Or you yell when we're going half speed, um, just being lazy all around. That's when you yell. You'll show us what we need to do. And when you show us, you expect us to catch on because you show us at least two or three times, which is enough. But when we run through a slow or just all around don't understand what we're doing. At that point, you realize that we weren't paying attention. And that's when you get, not angry, but you get frustrated because we weren't paying
0: attention. Got it. Sometimes, Jay, remember during these times, me listening to you, I have to reflect on me as well, right? Because I've seen a lot of kids. And I just, one. I'm sitting back saying to myself, does everybody think I yell the entire time? I think so. I, I think even listeners now that come into clinic, they recognize that he doesn't yell all the time. Effort is important to me, Jay. And you can tell me if if, if I've ever shown anything different. Jay, what I want to do is make you the best player you are. Uh, what I want to do is make anybody that comes into that gym the best player that they can be. I want to improve the numbers. The numbers say, Jay, that many of the people, the far majority of the people that walk in there and make, and, say that basketball success is a goal of theirs. College basketball is a goal of theirs. WNBA basketball is a goal of theirs. On the boys' side, the NBA, collegiate as well. The vast majority of the people are not going to make it. So we're talking about the vast majority of the people. We're talking about out of 100, we're talking about 90-something people are not going right, that play in high school. We did a podcast before. I think it was 1% of the high school basketball players are, will not be awarded a Division One scholarship at the very least. Correct, yes. So, Jay, I mean, if I put 100 people in the room, we're talking about one Jay or two people that played on the high school circuit will not be awarded. You won't see them again at the Division One level. Those numbers, Jay, concern me. So at this point, you're old enough now and has have received one. You're in a special room. You're within special company, right? So as we begin to reflect on your journey, right, it's hard to apologize because we work. The expectations were set. You knew what those expectations were. And then I was asking that every day you came in that you operated at that level. You You, you, you agree with that? Or am I missing something?
1: I don't. I don't need an apology because you've helped me come to, to this point of me being able to commit to a high D in college. So it just goes to show that you pushing me and you uh, getting on me about the little things has helped me succeed. So yeah. I don't really need an apology for you helping me.
0: No question. So what would you say to a little girl? What would be your advice? I can think of a bunch of little girls that come in now, and I know I have a couple that pop into my mind now. They're workers. They are. They get after it. So if you could give them some advice, what, what would it be, um, just for basketball in general? I don't know if it has to be about rhythm dribble, but what's the advice that you would give to them?
1: Um. some days that nothing comes easy and hard work always pays off. That, that, that's one thing that I've always had in my mind and that's one thing that everyone has told me that I've come across that's playing at a higher level. Nothing comes easy and hard work pays off. Got it. Um, I can remember when I started training with the gym, I would always go home and work on what I was taught the day of. Um, I really wanted to be perfect at everything, whether it was ball handling and shooting, or just going up for a simple layup, because I can remember I couldn't make a left hand layup for anything. Um, having that mentality to be the best you is what's going to make you different from the other girls, and that want to be in the same position that you want to be in. Uh, another thing that uh, I think would definitely help a younger girl that wants to play at a higher level is watching film, watching film of your game and watching film of college girls um, it just makes the basketball IQ 100% better I feel as if Cause I, me watching uh, I think me watching college level players um, play uh, I can just see the difference of whether high school or college So I can just see the difference uh, in the games it's faster more aggressive uh, and more skill if you get what I'm saying right yeah yeah um, it also shows uh, who you are as a player watching film, and it shows the dedication and you want to be the best you, um, you want to learn from others. Because so watching somebody do a move is completely different from you trying it. Um, watching somebody do a move and you just watching it and you say, oh that's nice, but if you watch that move and go practice it in your garage, that's going to make you different. That just shows your dedication, how hard you want to work to be better than the next girl. Um, it also
2: makes you stand out. Um, so that's all I have to say, um, for a young girl that wants to play at a higher level and be the best to you. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, Can I turn in on that? yes, um, I, I'm actually, so Steve, let, let me, I was actually, you're right on time. I was actually going to ask you a couple of the questions that we kind of ran across Jayla. So as you walked into that, that gym, that training facility, what, what? As a as a parent for a, a young lady starting to begin the game, what is it that you were looking for out of the training? What were you looking to get out of it? Uh,
3: first, I was looking, you know, for that person that um, would would stay on her, you know, not let her be comfortable where she was at, and I I, I recall just having a conversation with Coach, and I, you know, it was kind of like a sidebar conversation, and I knew at the time he didn't have a daughter, and I was like, I need you to treat her like she's your daughter, you know, and and, and, and when she's here for the, the 90 minutes, the 45 minutes, whatever it may be, she's in your hand, your, whatever you have to do to get her to where she needs to go, I am okay with it. Because she believes in you, and um, you know, just just don't don't let her get comfortable. Um. So that part, you know, when I walked in there and, and he and he kind of told me and he told her that he's you know he he's something special, and immediately there was a a bond there because um. I would tell you, I never drove the ship with this this process as far as her training, her wanting to be at the warehouse. I used to get calls at work, dad, we going to training today. And that was all driven by her. And it's still driven by her. That's you know one of the things and the luxury that I've had, you know, just watching this journey Uh, with Jayla as she becomes the ball player that she has become is she wanted to always get better.
2: She wanted to always learn something different. So, you know, that drive was always great for her. That's good stuff. So was there ever a time where you were like, well, hey, she, she is a girl, um, can you do things a little different? You're being a little hard on her or yeah, that you wanted something different from the training because of who she was. And again, seeing that he didn't have boys. So maybe, maybe he didn't know the right approach for, for to train a girl. Did any of that ever cross your mind going through the process? To be honest, no, because,
3: you know, when she was in the dungeon, as we call it, the old warehouse, um, uh, I saw, you know, she can't, I saw the dependence in it. She felt that when she played against the boys in there, she shouldn't lose. And I think, you know, a lot of that frustration and crying and stuff like that was, she just wanted to be better than them. So she came home and, you know, she worked harder and she would be in the warehouse, she'd be down in the basement, you just hear the ball going boom, boom, boom. You know, just just like the beats were there. But uh, as far as, you know, saying that
2: coach or anyone there, you know, meet, I would always go and encourage him to get on the harder. Okay. So then uh, as a parent of a of a young lady who, who's been through the process, is there any advice that you would like to offer any of the, the moms and dad of, of the upcoming women who are – beginning this journey or, or even in this journey now
3: um, I, yeah I would tell parents you know a lot of times as, as parents we're we're dropping this shit and what I mean by that is we're, we're pushing kids to do something that they don't want to do and you know looking at their size or looking at you know features on them and saying oh you're going to be a basketball player but the thing there is is that what they want to do because the process of getting to that next level and that next level is is not easy and if they're not committed to the game as you're committed to the game then there's a problem. There's a disconnect in regards to how successful is this kid going to be and how long are they going to continue to try to go down that journey of being a basketball player. So my advice is allow that kid to make that decision but
0: support it if that's what they want to do. Steve, how do you know if you have found the right trainer? That can that can wow. get that can get them there, and and getting them there is is I know we talk about yelling a lot, but remember none of this stuff works if if I if I in particular don't have some level of balance and care and concern for her, right? Because I think that's what may get lost in all the yelling is that I think Jay could tell that I cared from go. You following me? I was passionate about her being successful, and that. Yeah and that the game won't hurt her, you follow me? If 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 I could embrace her just enough to let her know I'm on her team but let her know the standards are through the roof, I think that now we have a relationship, right? Now I, we have an ally that can move her. So my question for coaches, I mean for dad is, how do you know if you found the right training? Jay, we'll let you talk about the relationship build uh, after.
3: Um knowing that you got the right trainer, and there's, you know, going in and see what the trainer is doing with your kid and seeing, you know, is your kid game growing? The other thing is, you know, for me, um, I used to talk to people about who they had trainers with, uh, who they send their kids to, and I always reflected back to... You know rhythm dribbling that my kid was always different you know her game was different and you know the the relationship that I had um with Coach D he would always tell me he's training her for the next level and for me I took that as if he's training her to grow away from him not that he's trying to suck money out of me and trying to nickel and dime how her development is going to go. Her development is going to grow as, as long as she wanted, he was giving it to her. And he was always pushing her to get better. Um, then I see, you know, I, you know, there's some, you know, trainers, they would dummy down the training. they make me, you know, keep coming back, keep coming back. And uh, I'm like, my kid game ain't grown. So – I would tell parents, really, you know, look at the, the people that you're putting your kid with and what they're actually doing for the kid. Because if you've got a trainer that's training the kid to get away, that's the kind of training you need to find someone that, you know, is, is has the best and the best interest in the kid,
0: not worrying about how much money they can make off of you as a family. Yeah. Yeah, is it, it, that's tough, man. Like I said, I'm I'm a trainer, man, and and I get the question all the time, uh, so I kind of put it on your shoulders as a parent of a successful child who just made it to the next level. Because I I'm smart enough to understand that Jay and I talk about uh, college cuts now and and speed of release and and working at an even higher level because. She needs to be prepared to go to college, but the day she walks into college, she begins to start to prepare for the NBA or the WNBA. So, I recognize that this trainer thing is tough. You know, it's it's difficult for me to articulate at times what to look for. Spence tries to corner me, this corner me with this question often. How do you find a great trainer? So I thought that I would kind of put it into. Into a parent's lap a little bit, let them hear from from you a little bit, Jay. Uh, really quickly, I uh, I want I know that you chimed in about our relationship, and and I know I yelled a lot, but there's another part of that relationship that you that you uh, uh, should dive into a little bit, which just helps to balance it all out. And then I want you to finish with: Do you believe everyone has a chance? Do you believe all the little girls that come in that they have a chance? Right, now that, now that we've gone through it. So the first one you're gonna talk about is the relationship. Secondly, you dive into, do you believe all the little girls have a chance?
1: Okay. So our relationship, Coach Dale, honestly it's amazing. I have somebody that I can lean on and guide me uh, in life and through basketball. Um, you've always had my best interest and you've always wanted me to be successful even if you had to push me to my limit at one practice or multiple. And another thing you've always done is you've given, at every workout you give it 100%. You're always active, ready, and committed to what you have to do that practice. You already have your plan down and wanted to go as planned no matter what, which is amazing.
0: Well, thanks. Well, thanks, Jay. Coach Spencer's over here. He doesn't know what to do because he he would like to believe that I'm distracted at times. But, Jay, I just think it's important that, that Jay, I give you what I expect from you, right? I think that that's important, Jay, to be honest with you. The second question I had, Jay, was do you believe that everyone has a chance? I think of the little girl that came in. And I, I'll bet that the listeners that don't know you, Jay, they think that you're six foot three inches tall, Right. They they think that you they think you 6'3", 190, right? All muscle. Right? I don't mm-hmm. you guys have to get to the internet and see little Jay. I mean Jay was little. I, I, how, how tall are you, Jay? Well, I went to the doctors and they said I was
1: five, six and
0: a half. No question. So, and and tell, us so tell, tell us your weight. Tell us tell us your weight.
1: I went 134.
0: No question. So with that said, I want you to describe, Does everyone, do you think everybody has a chance that walks in or not?
1: Yes. I do believe everybody has the chance to be successful in life and whatever sport you want to play, especially in basketball. You just have to have the work ethic and believe that you could be successful. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how big you are. You can do whatever
0: you put your mind to. Jay, I believe that. I'm telling you, Coach Spence... Coach Spence gets on me because I believe that at times, Jay. It's very important you understand that I believe everybody that walks through that door has a shot at it, right, Jay? I just think that we have to go about it every day as hard as we can, right, in order to make that a reality.
2: Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that despite the size and the weight, Jayla played in one of the toughest conferences um, in basketball that you can find in this area, which is a, a basketball area and she was still able to, to dominate and shine within that conference despite anything that was put in front of her.
0: Well, Jay, I know it's getting late, and uh, and I know we took up a lot of your time. In fact, I know we have a session in the morning, right? Um, Dad, it's important to me that you understand what my issue is, Steve. My issue is how do I use the people that have gone through it in order to deliver the information that can make them successful. I think we did that today, tonight, right? Steve, I think that uh, you were great in trusting us with Jayla. And I didn't do it myself. I don't want to say that, right? Uh, the coaches in the, in the system, we all have our own independent relationships with your daughter. But I think it's one thing you understand is that we care about her. So we appreciate the level of trust. And then you have to understand that a lot of young people have come to us now, and we have to, uh, ex- we have to extend that same level of commitment and trust and discipline to the other kids the same way we did, we did your daughter. And as you guys leave, out, will Spencer and I continue on just a bit to try to push into perspective many of the things that you and Jay said tonight. So, so on a, I just wanted to make sure I said uh, thank you, and I appreciate uh, the trust that you put in us with Jayla. And then the other thing I thought was important is that I wish Jayla the world of of luck at the next level. Um, As far as I'm concerned, we'll work hard and continue to prepare her, but she has to understand that we're in her corner and that we wish her success way beyond what we we can provide for her. I
3: appreciate that. And, and, you know, I think um, one of the things that you, you know, you'll be very proud of is you know, she asked me, you know, and, and we haven't even gotten to that point yet. And she said, hey, Dad, how how am I going to get, you know, a trainer like, you know, Coach Daryl?" I said, well, maybe we had to get Coach Darrell to go out
0: to Illinois to you. Or we got to figure something out. In Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. I, and I always tell her, look, Jay, you have to take what you have. You have to parlay it. Um, you have to parlay the relationships. And I just think that there's a, there's a trainer in Illinois that's just waiting for somebody who's eager, right? For somebody who wants to push to the next level. I just think that, um, I, Spencer and I talk about the basketball ecosystem all the time. I just think the ecosystem is going to provide for her here, right? She's going to find somebody that's just as eager as she is, right? In order to improve. And I just think that, that question is going to be answered, right? As long as she continues to really really strive to be the best right somebody's gonna walk into her life somebody's gonna walk into her path and say i'll pick up from here right and i'm going to give you all the work that you need right at this particular stage of your development this particular stage of your career right so i don't worry about her i don't worry about her one bit right as long as and i tell her this and i'm sure i'll get to yelling in a few hours when she's in gym but um, my, my point is that her attitude has to remain pow- uh, positive, has to remain powerful, and I think the right people are going to walk into her existence. Right.
3: Right? Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and like you said, thank you to all the guys here, um, you know, uh, that's a part of your team, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the good thing, you know, even when you are not there, you have a strong enough team that is still funneling that knowledge to the kids and you know which is you know superb that you know you can go to a facility and you got everybody that's on the same page and not you know you're not missing a beat
2: right
0: anything spence
2: um no um just um i know it's late so thanks for taking the time and i definitely appreciate the uh, just hearing the the journey and the stories and i'm sure that the listeners as well they had to they had to get something out of this just because you guys have kind of been through that experience and, and thanks for just sharing your journey with the, with the listeners out there.
0: And Steve or Jay, make sure you guys send me that link. I know that there's some way I can communicate her link, her highlight link okay. to the listeners. Somehow we'll put it somewhere where I remember you sent me one, one time just so they can see her and, and, and be able to put a, a, a voice to, to an actual basketball game and kind of un- come to understand much of what we already know uh, from her. So, so make sure you send that to me as soon as we hang up. All right. All right. All right, well, you guys have a good night. Again, Spence and I continue on a bit and just kind of provide some closure uh, to some of the issues that we that we discussed tonight. Thank you. All right, All right Jay, I'll see you in the morning. Thanks again. Now that Jay's gone, we have some We have some ironing out to do uh, regarding the debate, man. I'll take us back a little bit, Spence, and re-identify what we're talking about here. The, The original debate was, should basketball development, should us as trainers, should we treat them the same as the boys in the development process, even though there may be some differences, or because these differences exist, they should have their own way of training, right? That's the debate, and I think she helped us a little bit. What's your position on it?
2: First, let's say, like, what are the, some of the differences? Identify some of the differences, just just for the listeners, right? Um, of course, we got – oftentimes, you have the height, right? We, we have the strength. Um, sometimes, athleticism, like, those are just – Obvious differences or any Is there any more That I'm missing
0: If, if this helps I have an article Here in front of okay. me. Okay it's, it's 10 reasons Female athletes Should train differently Okay I'll read through These 10 things Just at a title level uh, Dr. Brenda Heineke uh, This was a 2017 article I'm not sure What the publication is But I've done my due diligence In terms of Citing source That I didn't write This thing The first reason female athletes should train differently was a woman's upper body and lower body strength is different. Number two, female athletes have a higher risk for injury. Three, they under-recruit the hamstrings.
2: They under-recruit
0: the hamstrings. In other words, when they move, there's this recruitment of muscles in order to do anything that we do in terms of movement which muscles to recruit. So they're saying that they under recruit what I guess guys do naturally in order to move, all right? Four, they have an increased risk for ACL injury. Five, stretching recommendations are different. Six, they have more knee laxity. Seven, they require more stabilizer strength. Eight, There is less chance of dehydration. Nine, the need for rest is different. Ten, women have a lower max heart rate. So listen. And wait a minute. The article ends with happy training.
2: So listen, man. I'm going to tell you this. What is it? Dr. Heineke? Dr.
0: Brenda Heineke, yes.
2: Nine out of ten things I did not agree with. With Dr. Brenda Heineke. I disagree with the article. If you're asking me, train them the same. You train them the same, right? Um, if they have, if they have a, just like with young athletes, we just talked about young athletes um, in terms of in terms of injuries and, and overuse of muscles, and we thought one way to combat that was weight training, right? So if they can say that they're gonna have ACL injuries or under recruitment of hamstring, my answer to that would be. Just you gotta weight train. they gotta they gotta weight train just like the males have to weight train. So I just have to work those muscles. I've gotta work my legs. I, I've gotta work my like my calves, my hamstrings, my quads. Um, and I do understand that that the the upper body strength may not be able to get to the capacity of males. However, that doesn't mean I don't weight train. So if you're asking me, you've got to do the same thing with the women that you do with the men. It's, it's, it's just no difference. It's basketball. Um, even though the makeups are different, you do the same exact thing. Are we being insensitive? No, I think I would be insensitive if I said treat them differently. And, and so what I can say is that I believe historically, so, and again, I'm not a trainer. That's, that's, that's your thing. Um, but historically, I believe that they were treated differently. I believe they were trained differently. If I go back to my era, or just when I remember, like uh, girls' basketball back in that time, and I'll, we always say go back, but we're not that old. Um, but if you go back then, I just remember girl basketball being. I know that they could shoot the ball. They 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 seem to be able to shoot it a lot better than males. Um, because I think we focused – it was the and one mixtape time um, where they doing a bunch of dribbling and it was all about handling. And I'm not sure men spent a bunch of time shooting the ball. So in that era, I do remember there there, there seemed to be differences in training because women can shoot it, but they probably didn't dribble as well. They couldn't – they didn't have the moves that, that, that the males tended to have. But I do think that shifted, like um, – men have started to focus on shooting, right? You, you've had one of your trainees, I know you've been working on his jump shot for two and a half to three years, right? Um, but but women can now, they can give you a euro, they can give you a misdirection. They have the tools in their toolbox now that they, I don't believe they had 15, 20, 30, 25 years ago, right? Um, so I believe initially it wasn't the same training, but now it is, and that's the way it should be. And I don't think, I'm not being insensitive by saying that. I think they're no different. Treat them the same as you, if you treat a man.
0: I want to play devil's advocate a little bit, uh, Spence. You don't say. I just read an article that gave us 10 ways that females are different. And the subtitles kind of identify that their differences are weaknesses a bit. There's structural weaknesses. Um, I don't think that you and I are debating that women are different than men, right?
2: No, not at all. They're certainly different, and that's obvious. And the an article justifies
0: saying. it. And, and it forces me well, to— the, the You're article, not going to get me to agree with anything in that article. The article identifies the 10 things that they're saying are structurally different than males. And okay. so so maybe your argument is that you can find a bunch of males that have some of these problems or some of these deficits is that your sure. point? Sure,
2: but n- my point is that even if I am more susceptible to an ACL injury the the only difference in training I would think is that maybe I just work harder on my hams my, my hamstrings and my quads then like if you want to, if you want to tell me that's a difference between a male training and female, but at the end of the day, they both gotta do some physical training, and because maybe I'm more susceptible, I should do more legs than a than a male would. But if that's if that's a, if that's a difference, but to me, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not offering this position to disagree. I think that I want to be fair to the conversation. We know that the differences truly exist between the males and the females. And I just wanna make sure that at least because we know that, we agree on that, that we at least consider two things. The first thing is that medically, I just wanna make certain that trainers understand the need to differentiate when they choose to treat males and females the same. I wanna make sure that they understand that they are different and that they had better know the limits and they had better know the need to constantly evaluate the athletes during the life cycle of their, of their training. It's important not to injure people and that constant evaluation will give the trainer an opportunity to change a, a small part or the, even the entire drill just to make certain that nobody's injured. I think that's important. And then the second thing is that we have to be careful to not blame anybody for this. Um, It's just what it is, man. I have two sons, you have three sons. Yes. The crazy part is that I reared the two sons while I didn't have daughters. Correct. Right. So yes, if I think back to a five-year-old time in all of their lives. I do treat the girls differently than I did the boys. So do you think maybe this article is just so that we can treat them differently, is to identify some differences so that maybe we continue doing what we've always done? Are you following my thinking here? Not at all. Let me see if I can circle back again. I just read an article that has 10 reasons why athletes should train differently. I think back into my own life where I have sons and I treated them one way at five years old. Okay. And I do identify that I treat my daughters a little bit differently with some of the same issues at five years old.
2: So are you saying that that we shouldn't? treat them the same then? Because you you currently don't?
0: No, I think you moved too far. I think I'm arguing for the listener that says that maybe they ought to be treated differently. Because, right, that they just gave you 10 reasons why you ought to think of them differently athletically. We have always treated our girls differently than we do our boys. So I don't want to minimize right? people's desire or people's interest in treating them differently. I understand its origin, right? We treat girls differently than we do guys. So I just wanna make sure that we at least identify that we're not trying to change the history of our relationships with women and and our need to protect athletes, whether they're male or female, in, in the training training process at all? What, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, so from my standpoint, I guess um, myself not really being the trainer that you are and also not having young ladies as well um, that are going through this process or even at all, um, I guess I would have to lend to your expertise in this area um, because I kind of still feel like just treat them the same and you guys just just go through the process. So, But again, that's just some of my naivety and not being and not having young ladies in my own. That's what I'll account that to. Yeah, I
0: just don't want uh, even Jayla. At this age, Jayla's supposed to be able to reflect on all the things that we've gone through and all the training modules that we've gone through. And she's got to know this, that I've always had a special eye on her just to make sure that she's not overrun, just to make certain that she that I do have a stop button for her and that I am constantly evaluating her and I know where she is at all times, and that she's safe in that environment where we do know that there may have to be some sudden changes or, or 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 reevaluations of the of the success of drill work. So I just thought that was important to identify.
2: I guess in some in some senses, I mean in some cases, they would be treated differently, right? But in terms of basketball, what we're discussing? Absolutely not. But there may be cases in terms of, um, because uh, we all, um, it's common knowledge that women mature faster than men. A girl's gonna reach her adulthood faster than a, a male would. So of course there's some things outside of the sport where we should treat them differently. I just don't think that those parents and those individuals should let that seek into the sport. When it comes to the sport of basketball, You've got to treat them the same or you're shortchanging that young lady.
0: But if we found that on the Internet, that there are dozens and dozens of these studies and dozens and dozens of these articles, are we being insensitive to parents that may see and identify with these differences and as a result demand that there be a different approach? I just feel like in training over the years that the vast majority of young ladies that have come in they weren't like jayla and, and jayla's dad they were more probably expecting their daughter to be trained with other girls right in order to make them comfortable in their training environment and rhythm dribble wasn't really going to work because it was my idea that they ought to be training with boys
2: and so have you seen some of these come across um, throughout your years Have I seen what? Some of the, the, those, those parents and or the children who thought they should be trained differently because they were young ladies.
3: Yes. And then
2: what, did they survive? What happened to them?
0: I'll be honest, man. The majority of them didn't get there. They didn't get there. If if, if I'm being honest. Well then they,
2: so let me, they weren't going to get there anyway.
0: They may have missed
2: something. Because you need that mentality to kind of get there. It's a, it's a special person, and Jayla just described it, right? It's a special person that can um, that can tap in and, and, and hone into that competitiveness and and, and, and want to be pushed to the brink. And so if they weren't looking for that as a player, I don't believe that they can get it done just because that's a intrinsic trait that you need to operate at that high, high level. And then I believe if the parents were looking for something different – they were shortchanging that child, um, and so I just believe that trickles into throughout things in life. When you when you're looking for outs or you're looking for an easy way or someone to be treated differently, I just I just don't believe in it. So um, it's not it doesn't surprise me that they didn't laugh throughout that process if they came in with that mentality looking to be treated differently because
0: they were a different um, a different sex.
2: Again, I'm on your
0: side of this debate. But I must mention that at a medical level, I have to train differently. I have to keep in the back of my mind to watch for adjustments and make subtle adjustments during the training process. But there's a whole nother side to this, the non-medical side. And as it relates to the non-medical side, I think you're spot on. Right, that I, I think you should
2: that, be on my side more of these debates.
0: I think that the results, if they want the same results as the successful ones. Certainly. If they want the same results as the jailers, then they have to do what the jailers do. Now, that's not to say that they are not females that have trained with females that have made it all the way. That's not to say that. Correct. So we have to be careful not to say that. Yeah, but that's the ones in my experience.
2: Yeah, but that is just because I trained with other women doesn't mean I was treated differently, right? If if some men hopped into that environment, I agree They that. may have gotten they may have gotten trained the same way. So, that's
0: fair. And then you're saying that the game is not sensitive enough to make a special way for somebody at some point in the career.
2: No, nah, because the only thing that women are going to get that men won't, they're going to get a smaller basketball and a closer three-point shot. Other than that, the game is the game.
0: Right, that's right. Demanding coaches, competitive opponents. Right. Right?
2: And they're, they're only getting better. The skill set of women is through the roof, right? It's not, it's not that, that, that Lisa Leslie posts you up and I'm tall – so now you just throw it high, and then I, I tip it to myself five times, and I, I get five rebounds and two points out of the possession. It's not that you got you, Shamika, um Maya Moore. They changed. They transcended the game where they're starting to they're starting to do some things. They got step backs. They they they, they euro and they they up and under like they're playing the same game these men are playing.
0: So, so then, then it's safe that we say the trainers that say I have this special training system for girls, or implying that I have a special training system for girls, are just doing the same things that they would with boys, just they with a should. bunch of girls in the gymnasium.
2: Yeah, it's smoking mirrors. It's a facade. They should. They're maybe it's a marketing ploy, but hopefully they're doing the same thing they would do some some young men coming through their program.
0: And and Jay made that very clear. Jay made made it very clear that the boys push her at another level. It, it was my idea that she needed boys in order to push her over the edge, yeah. in order to get her past the anxiety of of playing, in order to adjust to the level of contact and physicality that she might face, in in order to dominate. Sure. Somebody who's less physical than she is and because she had been dominant she knows what it feels like
2: and i'm i'm not going to say that because again i'm i'm out there i, I know you're kind of stuck in the gym doing your thing but i i tap into other resources and i see other trainers and i see other individuals and i can say for the most part i do see a group of girls training together typically like it's it, it is a group of girls i i, I don't often see them mixed when I'm looking at other trainers. However, that's not to say like that they're not going through the same regimen that the that the men are going through. I do think they're probably getting a slight disservice if they don't get to see some of that speed of the men so now they can turn themselves up because there may be someone out there like J-Lo who is training with the men so they're going to play at a different speed and you, you don't want to get shocked by that once I'm on that floor with that player.
0: It's crazy though. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be honest, since we're talking about uh, in my experience, I thought that when the girls are younger and the boys are younger, I don't even think that there's a large, as large a, a gap in terms of performance.
2: I think that they listen more, in my experience, just being in there and helping you out um, on some occasions. I think that it's easier for a girl, for, for a young lady to soak in
0: what you're saying um, versus a, a boy. The biggest communication hurdle is anxiety for them right that both boys and girls that they receive an intense message and then they are required to respond to it and that's not so simple right so i think it's a critical thinking thing right i think that those young children who think critically earlier i think have more success um and
2: maybe that speaks to the maturity of um, of young girls uh, in response to boys. So maybe that's what I'm seeing in terms of being a little easier to train up. But I do agree, as I'm in here daily, um, I, I don't think there's such a huge gap. And I even see, to be honest, I, I do see some of the girls dominate some of the boys at, at times in here. Early on. Early on, yes. Right. But not when we get to the 15, 16, 17, of course, but... Um, when we get to like the seven, even I will say, even up to 13, I can see them dominating some of the boys.
0: What separates them at this 15, 16,
2: 17? Physicality, year old? of course. Because that's when now we both hit puberty. Now we're both at that stage, right? So the, the, the boys have started to grow it and catch up to the young ladies, um, probably a little physically stronger. Um, yeah, I think those are the things that kind of stick out to me at that age.
0: Do girls have more passion
2: no. for the game than boys? No, uh, no. Uh, where's you? I don't know where you even got that from. I, I don't.
0: I think yes.
2: More passion?
0: I think yes. I think, relatively speaking, the girls seem to lack the cool gene, right? Whereas the boys have it bad. Uh, yeah, they In this cool. generation, I think the girls, the girls will, will, will.
2: So, because I'm cool, I'm not passionate. I can't be both.
0: It's tough, man. It's tough to be cool. That means that I won't. I'm gonna stick my toe in, right? That's the that's the cool gene. Whereas the girls, if they trust you, they're gonna jump in, man. They're not worried about what they look like. They they're defending at a high level. And I, and I guess I'm talking about the younger, at a younger time in their development. The okay. boys, the boys have to be motivated to. To really work outside of their comfort zone, at times. So it, relatively. So if I'm comparing a, a eight year old girl who's all in, I'm comparing this eight year old boy. The boy looks around a little bit. The girl gets after it.
2: So I mean, I guess I could I could agree if we're talking. I do I do see that that boys they don't want to get embarrassed, right? So. They don't want to get crossed over or my ankles broken or the ooze of the eyes where the girls, I don't, I don't, I've never seen them kind of worry about that. So if we're speaking about that as being, quote unquote, cool, then sure. I think that's it. Yeah,
0: okay. I think that's it. That's a, that's a difference I see. Another one is sensitivity, right? That means that taking criticism, right? Who do you think, Who do you think wins there?
2: I think it's a lot harder for young ladies to take criticism. I think they just take it to heart more. Um, yeah, that's. But again, I don't have any uh, any girls of my own, but just in my experience and dealing with them, they seem to take things a little bit more to heart than the boys would. Like they'll, of course, the uh, the boys don't like you yelling at them, but they tend to get over it pretty quick. Um, yeah, that's just it, from what I from what I experience.
0: I agree. I I agree one hundred percent. Well, I, this is
2: a record episode. you've never agreed so much it, in it in appears
0: episode. it appears that the girls they they're looking for more of an explanation, and the boys are just doing what they're told right It's not so easy to get the girl to do what's do what she's told she's
2: so then maybe so let me ask let me throw this back. is it because that maybe? The boys are intimidated, and the girls are mature enough to not be intimidated. So they're like, well, you got to give me why you're telling me this. And the boys, they just said, I don't want to get yelled at anymore, so I'm just going to do it.
0: Well, no, I think the girls the girls are going to do it too. But, I, <laughs> but I, it seems like the girls are a little more thirsty for the information that's associated. They're both going to do it. They're both going to perform it. But the girl is you, you kind of get this sense from young ladies that, tell me why. Right. right, and if you do, and it's satisfactory, then they're not going to come back with more questions. Whereas the boys are, it, and, and it works for me. I'll be honest, because as you know, I work kind of compartmentally. Right, there's a part A, and then there's a part identified as B, and there's a part identified as C, and and there may be some time before we're able to put A, B, C, D, and E together. Well, that works with boys, but with the girls, they they're kinda saying, I don't I don't really understand why you're expecting this from me. I get a sense. Right. That 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 if I could just put some puzzle pieces together for them, then they would
2: they want to understand the roadmap. They just don't want to be piecemeal.
0: It appears that way, right? That that once they're they're only apprehensive until they appear to understand it and then you're able to get more out of them. The boys, not the same that the boys are doing it out of great respect for you. They're doing it as a result of the ask and, and over time, we're able to provide synergy on all of the separate compartments. So it's just a difference that I see where sometimes I could understand where a female is struggling a bit in the moment. And I think that I could be better providing them the information what you have to understand that this is the ultimate, what you have to understand is that this is the ultimate teachable moment that I can either let them deal yeah. with the anxiety of not having the entire puzzle put together, I can have them struggle through the anxiety of not being comfortable during the training process, or I could answer all the questions and have them operate within their own comfort zone i choose to let them be uncomfortable and i think that that's a risk that pays off dividends in the end i want them uncomfortable i want to take the opportunity to use their own anxiety to teach them lessons, because the game is certainly going to put them in precarious situations where they're going to be expected to perform despite the anxiety.
2: Yeah, and not to mention, if you've got to sit back and explain it all the time, it's probably going to mess up the rhythm of training as a whole, right? It just kind of breaks the it breaks the consistency of training.
0: Yeah, I, again, it's it's a, it's a conscious decision. I think it needs to be right. The boys aren't comfortable when they train, and you know that for certain. Um, so I don't think that the girls ought to be so comfortable when they train as well in a game that that depends upon your ability to, to win despite the anxiety. Another one. Um, I notice that when you strike a chord with a young lady, that means that you've taken her there. And this is probably older young ladies. So you, you've gotten on her nerves as a trainer. <laughs> right? Right. You're in trouble. Now you're in trouble.
2: What happens then?
0: They have a shutdown button, right? That I noticed that guys don't have. Guys sometimes try to shut down, but the girls are serious about it. That I've shut down and you're going to have a hard time getting me back going again. As trainers, we deal with that from girls less than we deal with it from guys. This this moment that I'm done and I have an ability to tune you out as a result so you're still talking to me
2: but and I'm I, no I'm longer receiving the message.
0: Yeah, You're following me? And, and that's a rough moment that you get with Yeah, girls.
2: so then what happens then for you as a trainer?
0: You're in a rough spot as a trainer. I think what, what helps is that if you have a rapport with them that a person like J-Life had her since she was young so I can get her through, right? But there's... Other girls who came late, who that's a rough moment. It's a struggle. It's a struggle moment, and and they have to be mature enough to allow the trainer to win in order to get to the places because that they're trying to go.
2: For the males, I've seen you send them home for the day, like you know what you can just you you tell the parent you can go ahead and take him. So does that happen with the young ladies as well?
0: If you're in a stalemate, you don't have a choice, right? You, you have to. But I think the sending them home. um to have an impact for the next time, right? That's what the send home is, is it's let's get home, we're both at a place, right? Let's go home, let's think about it, because the next time we're at this place, we have to win as a unit. Same right. Way. both of us have to win in order to in order to get the most out of training. If if we get back to this moment and and it's a stalemate again, then we have to have a different kind of conversation. That conversation has to begin to identify that. I may not be the person,
2: right, for but, her. But I think sometimes the parents can kind of help you in that situation, just based on they're giving resources, they're they're paying for you. And if they, if they're if their player is getting sent home, I'm wasting my money here. what are you doing? So maybe the parent has a conversation in nah, between. No If if
0: I'm getting the shutdown button,
2: the parent then the getting the parent
0: into? is getting the shutdown button. So <laughs> you. you write that down, right? That it's not that simple. It's not okay. that simple that they are selective. I think they, I think this is natural for them. Everybody man. shut out. Yeah, I don't think this is a show, right? Uh, but when you get a girl that can get past that shutdown button, that no, I'm not going to quit on this moment, right? That I'm going to be mature and I'm going to work through it. I know that the expectations are high. I know that the ask is difficult, that I can get through it. Those are special. Those are special group. Those are special group of girls that think that they're going to win. Let me ask this then. The real challenges. Can the girls dig in like the boys can? What do you think?
3: Mm.
2: I, I don't know. You, you got to tell me more.
0: I don't, real, I, don't, I, I don't owe you more here.
2: The I, real challenges such as? That
0: means that I'm up against it. That coach just I just did eight laps. I just did 12 suicides at, now, at 14 think, seconds apiece.
2: Yeah, I think the girls will not. I think, the, I think the guys will push through in those. I think it's – I've seen the guys push through a lot more often than the girls. Um, again, I'm only working from what I've seen here in, in your gym, in your facility, and the girls are going to give you something. Um, I got a cramp. Um, I got to throw up. So, some, of, some of that. Um, whereas the boys, they, uh, I, I haven't seen it just come across as often. That's just from my perspective.
0: This one's tough. This one's tough for me um, because I have some girls that they don't have quit in them, man. Right now, I have some girls that do. And I'm not saying. And, and, and again. don't interrupt because I have some boys that have some quit in them. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And I have some boys that don't. I just think that the girls that are good at it, that are all in, they don't have a they don't have an ounce of. So maybe that's quitting them.
2: So maybe it's not it's not a gender thing, right? It's just some people ain't got no quitting them.
0: To me, none of this is a gender thing. To me, I think you you and I, I don't want to act like you and I are debating here, man, that I am with you that the girls have to be pushed at a really, really high level. They have to be challenged at a high level if we're going to get them there, right? I think they have to be treated like boys. In fact, I think they have to be um, in boys' training sessions in order to, like you said, I think, in order to feel the speed of the game, in order to feel the intensity, in order to feel the power and the physicality that they're going to be faced with because there's girls that are training with boys all over the world.
2: 100%. And
0: as they move up in skill, as they move up in levels of basketball, they're going to be met with these people. And they better have exposed themselves to it. And they better have been successful when they were in these moments because the girls that they meet are going to be serious about it. Right, if they plan to play this game at a high level, a couple of more before we before we move on. How important is achievement to girls, or is that just a boy thing, or is that a gender thing at all?
2: No, it's not. If you're if you're a competitor, if you're a player, achievement is important, right? Um, yeah, I, I think anybody needs achievement. I think people just want to be accepted, even the people who say they don't. So you need some level of achievement.
0: You ready for mine? Yes. I think that girls are more, far more perfectionists than boys in training. Okay. Like it's not even close. Like if I ask for something specific, maybe a footwork action, the girl is more about doing it perfectly than the boy is. And I think that's generally speaking. I think I feel really good about saying that.
2: Okay, so I think we found our, our first thing that the, the young ladies are head and shoulders above the male in your experience.
0: Yeah, and it's not to say that y'all don't have boys that are perfectionists, but no, nah, it's not. It's that more, yeah, yeah, we got to keep doing it, man. The, the reps are really important when it comes to boys because they're, they, they're going to cut a corner. They're going to miss something if you're not really, really honest. Not to say that girls don't miss something at times, but I think they're far more perfectionists. And I think that that's part of Part of a problem, because it kind of slows the learning. If you are a perfectionist, then it tends to slow things down oh, a little bit. Oh, certainly,
2: because I'm going to just keep working at it. and, and Yeah, that I, I can't, can't get
0: past this, coach. What do you mean? I, I've got to get this right. Right. You're following you follow me? You kind of see it in shooting, where there's this, there's this idea that shooting happens for them earlier. Um, but
2: isn't that what you want? That's what Jayla spoke about. That's what you're holding them accountable for anyway, to do it to do it yeah. right and, and correctly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, 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 believe, I believe that if they could be perfectionists and work on the perfections at home, mm-hmm. right, then I think it would be provide perfect synergy for the training process. Whom, the, the boys? If the I think boys and girls. You know I believe in, in work at home. Certainly. Right, so if the girls have this perfectionist gene, I've got to do it right. I just don't want them to slow things down to where we're not moving within the session. So part of their perfectionist portion of their personality has to take place outside the gym. Gotcha. Right? Where Which they is what Jayla
2: to, did. She went home and worked on it.
0: In, in many ways. Yeah, in many ways. Gotcha. And I, I think Dad provided also a film of her starting out in the warehouse, and I think that would be pretty cool for, for listeners to see as well. Uh, so I'll make sure I provide all that stuff. But it doesn't surprise me how the girls seem to be better shooters early on. Right, because of that perfectionist gene. Right. Makes I sense. think shooting is a perfection, is a perfection perfectionist kind of a thing. You follow me. Last one. Is failure a fear for girls as much as it is for, for guys? The fear <laughs> uh, of failure. How about that?
2: Hmm. I don't I when you first Gave me the question. I was gonna say yes, and no one wants to fail. But the fear of failure, which means I'm not gonna try something because I may fail, I believe the males are more likely to have that that gene. Right? Again, that's this goes back to not wanting to play defense tough or not wanting to give in my all because I don't. Mean, I want to become embarrassed by my peers, and maybe it's because the young ladies don't have that many. Typically, don't have that many peers in the gym with them anyway, so I'm not trying to impress anybody. I, I don't see these 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 individuals, but by far, I believe the the males do not want to get embarrassed, so they have the fear of failure, definitely.
0: I think my I think of my little girls, uh, whereas I don't want to let dad down, right? I think that's huge for the girls, while well, I see it in my boys even now as as men. Um, that I don't want to let Dad and mom down. Um, I think that the girls will curb their activity to ensure it that they'll give more of themselves to ensure it. I think yeah, I think that the girls might have a slight edge. like, like you said, I don't think failures in the cards for 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 most people right. So I kind of I kind of want to give the edge to girls that I need to please the person that's in charge here. I think that that works. I see it more in my girls than I did than I did for the boys. Uh, and I had to go out of the gym in order to get that. Um, but if I look at the girls that are inside of the gyms, there are a small list of girls I think who are on track, man, they're on track like Jayla was, they're on track. They're on track to make it at the next level. They don't have all the answers, but I think they're giving it a real shot I think that when I ask for something, I think that they dig deep in order to provide it. Right now, I think the boys do too, but um, I think the girls do it a little bit more naturally um, than, than, than the boys. I have another last thing. Okay. Do we have to watch what we say to girls differently than boys? Ah I
2: think we found the first thing that I believe has to be different in the, in, in the training regimen. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that so while the ask should not be different, right, what we're doing, the training is different. However, I do believe you gotta communicate that differently to a young lady versus a a boy that you have in the gym. Just because uh you've gotta be you've gotta be sensitive to the climate in this environment that we're in, um, and you can't just say anything to the to the women out here right so um, I just believe that you have a responsibility as, as an adult and as a trainer and as a uh, a strong figure in their life that you've gotta you've got to probably communicate a little bit differently
0: yeah um, yeah I have a mom uh, I have sisters I have daughters I have a wife and I recognize that those are young ladies who have to live life and have to grow and be mature. So uh, as as Jayla represented, our relationship outside of the training module is, 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 is a good one. Um, but I don't want people to think that I don't recognize my responsibility. And I think I speak for trainers across the board that we have a responsibility in molding young ladies as we do young men. And part of that is teaching them to respect themselves and teaching them to teach people how to treat them, yes, right, and what to accept and what not to, and we're we're playing a pretty significant role in their lives, so we have to make sure that we're responsible at this, and I I offer that to say that the, don't soften the message, right, because that's the important thing, that's the thing that's going to help to mold them, just make sure that we're responsible in how we communicate it in our, in our trace of words. The message right. is important. The trace of words, um, can be the variable, right? Just make sure there's an appropriateness. And, and, and one of the standards is act like you're talking to your mom, all right? Or act like you're talking to your own wife. I think that, that, that works for me. Um, because let's face it, there's a reflection time, man, that, that these children and these parents are not going to let you off the hook, right? That if you don't have a moment where you're, Putting your arm around the child, then you've missed the real part of this development thing.
2: Right. I've always, I think, what makes your again, and we spoke about this previously. Um, what makes your training special is that the the way you're able to, the reason you're able to to ride them so hard and get the most out of them is because you do have those moments where you you embrace them and, and celebrate their their victories after maybe working on a move for elongated periods of time. And so you've got to have both sides of that. And I think you do a good job of that.
0: Again, I don't want it to get lost that our responsibility is to create young men and women who go out into life and they are able to provide great value for themselves and great value for their family and friends. Uh, based on many experiences that they've had early. I think if we understand who's in front of us, right, that sometimes you can't yell at somebody if it costs them the entire training experience. Certainly. Right? So, yeah, you have to curb that a bit. um, And yet there's, there's this natural differentiation that says that this young lady can't operate at that at that next level where you wouldn't think or, or parents wouldn't think that us as trainers, especially the harder trainers, understand that, no, she's at her limit. Right. Right? That there's no way that she should be asked to go that far. And I think that that's a thin line, a fine line as well. Like we have this one exercise where we do bear crawls down the steps. And it's important to identify I've never asked a young lady to do that, you follow me? Just because it's, there's, there's a lot of wrongs with that, you follow me? Um, there's a number of things that anybody that's close to, to to the training process in there that I don't ask girls to do. If a girl has to use the bathroom, she's gotta go. Right. right? It's, it's gotta be a really rough day for me to tell a girl no. And that really came from a classroom when I used to teach in middle school and high school. And I used to have this stringent policy that said, nobody can use the bathroom. And then five minutes after that, a young lady raises her hand and you say, yeah, just hurry back. Because there's a lot that I don't understand about, about why she can't use the bathroom or why she ought to go. So so I err on the side of caution and, and allow them to go. And I think that same thing rears its head in, um, in, uh, in, in, in a training session as well.
2: Yeah, so I guess in closing for me, I know we spoke a lot and I was pretty adamant about the training process and it not being different um, for a, a, young, a young lady versus a young boy. But um, I think it would be reckless of me to to not mention that as much as we can feed them the same food, I just don't believe that you can get the same result. Like if we if we think of someone like Shaquille O'Neal, right, who's at the top of his game of center, um, and then on the on the other equilibrium we have Lisa Leslie. There's no way that she would physically be able to compete with a Shaquille. Um, I just think that that there's a there's a point where the the physical strength of men is just is is just too much for. It to, uh,
0: Can I jump in there a little bit? I just this I, is
2: this is my closing. I'm
0: sorry. This Lisa Leslie has to. Th- Think that she can beat Shaq. I think has that's to. the important part. Um, whereas we may know that physically, it's, that's a tough, that's a tough ask for her. But her mindset, and every other young lady that's playing basketball from five year olds to the WNBA, they have to think they can beat anybody that's standing in front of them. I think that's has to be said.
2: Yeah, that's that's fair. Like that mindset has to be there as a competitor. I believe it has
0: to be there and that um, may be the reason why we have to train them the same right but right? we have to expose them to the highest level of basketball right in order for them to dominate at their own level of level yeah. of the sport
2: yeah so that's uh that's my side of things right um I just I didn't want to be reckless in that aspect that um, when they get to the top levels and I believe it probably starts in the in, in the latter part of high school certainly collegially and professionally, um, the physicality of males is, is just a lot for women have to have to—a tough ask for them to have to deal with in terms of competing. If we're asking them to play like a one-on-one game or something of that nature, but I do think that there's a, a certain skill set that women can certainly achieve at those levels, um, and I believe that they have. And certainly, in the latter part, in, in these latter years, they've got a lot more skilled, um, in my opinion, than they than they were early on.
0: In in closing, I'd like to first of all thank Jayla and her dad for taking some time out with us tonight and you know, just trying to shed some real personal light on on this journey to college basketball in their case. Uh, I do recognize that everybody's journey is not to play in the WNBA or not to play in college, but theirs was. And the best part about it is that we got a chance to kind of have a bird's-eye view of her making it. So her coming in is pretty special for all of us and all, especially all of you listeners who are trying to get to the next level. Uh, I think this is a good time for me to reiterate some of the things that I really believe in. I believe in the formal training process. I believe that everybody that walks in the gym has a very real opportunity to make it. I believe that families, whether you have a son or a daughter, you need to focus on skill, all right? Because I think skill early is going to open some doors that you would never get to as it relates to the debate of today, should girls be trained like boys? I think we were able to work through a very real distinction to be drawn, a medical distinction and a non-medical. All right. I believe that if a, if a female stands to get injured, then the trainer has to be responsible for that right, and they have to make some adjustments where they can in the training process. If they need to stretch differently, then we have to make sure that they do so. If they need special considerations at times because of their femininity, if there need to be adjustments made for their physical differences, then I think they have to be made. Right. I think I just feel like we as trainers, we have that level of responsibility. So as I walk away from tonight, I'm very satisfied with Jayla coming in and being able to describe to people that her journey is hard and just like boys. And with that said, I think that the non medical part of this thing, they should not be trained differently. They should absolutely walk the same journey as the boys because they're the ones that benefit from it, right? The boys are going to create a speed and tempo. They're going to create a physicality that can only help the young lady to become a better basketball player when she gets back into her own arena. I think about college basketball and how there's a whole team of regular college players who are not on the boys' basketball team that they come in and they scrimmage against the girls. I don't think that's for no reason, right? Because what they're trying to do is simulate the best girls' basketball team, and they think they can do that by using guys, all right? So I just want to keep that at the top of the order for the podcast today is that the girls stand to benefit from training alongside of boys, but I think that we really, really have to consider the medical differences that they present us. And I think if we do, if we're responsible as trainers, if we're responsible as parents, I think that we can really get the young ladies to their goals.
2: Sounds good. Um, As usual, um, I enjoyed the conversations. Um, And again, thank you, Jayla, for for stopping by and having a conversation with us, as well as you, Steve. (laughs)
0: we have been listening to the video for the last 12 podcast. We look forward to talking to you guys next episode.